Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. 2023. Breaking down some of this NBA stuff, man. Just trying to stay afloat. Hope y'all doing good. Um, to top everything off, I want to just kind of break down how crazy this season's been. Like, not even just with the scoring. Uh, well, actually, a lot of it has to do with the scoring. Uh, but it's a lot more to it than just um, points being put up. It's the degree of difficulty. Like, think about your favorite team right? Uh, you got your five starters and then you have maybe two guys off the bench who can probably start on other teams, but matchup wise or whatever they can or cannot do skill set wise, they don't start. Um, like I was looking at, uh, I was watching the, uh, the Pelicans and Nets game maybe like a week ago almost. And um, I watched Nar- Najee Marshall start because uh, there was no uh, Brandon Ingram, no Zion. So Najee Marshall started and, um, I was just watching him play and the way he was just breaking down defenses as far as like, uh, you know, really good look off, uh, jabs or like really, really good, excuse me, downhill action that, um, like most starters can't even do, you know, like he was just very skilled in a certain thing that he did really well. Um, so that just shows how deep teams are now. You know, Najee Marshall's like, he's like the Pelicans, like eight man, you know, eight or, or seven man sometimes behind Alvarado and, you know, Larry Nance, if everyone's healthy, things like that. So um, take Najee Marshall and then balloon that up to these superstars you have nowadays, you know, Luca, Joel, Giannis, Jason, SGA, um, you know, those five guys I just named are the top five scorers in the league. Like who would have thought, OKC would ever have a top five leading scorer ever again after KD left. Um, But yeah, SGA averaging, he's number five, averaging 30.8 points a night. Like that is insane. Um, Right uh, right averaging the exact same amount of points as Jason Tatum. Like SGA and Jason are averaging the same points. Um, And to think that at one point SGA was a part of a trade package that sent, uh, you know, PG to the Clippers. Like that's just like insane to me. Um, and then of course you got Giannis 31.7, Joel 33.6, and then Luca 34.2. Like, you know, me being a Kevin Durant fan, like, <laughs> you know how I feel about KD as far as just overall scoring ability. And he's not even top five in the league. Um, insane again. All those guys are what all under the age of what maybe 28, 29. No one's no one's 30 yet, and they're all averaging 30. So it's pretty cool. Um, the NBA is in good hands. I think ever since 2016, 2017 season, where actually 2015, 16, where the Warriors got really good from shooting that three ball and, you know, OKC and Cleveland started in the playoffs, started to, you know, switch and start trying to blow up these actions that these pick and rolls can create that the Warriors are running where Steph and Clay are coming off and just hitting five, six threes a night, you know, so, um, Steph and Clay, that offense kind of kickstarted how good everyone is in the league now. How Donovan Mitchell can get 71 points or, you know, Luka can get a 60-point triple-double. Like, that stuff is, like, iconic uh, in these in today's world when it comes to these younger kids, younger athletes in high school and middle school watching these guys play. You know, so it's a good time to be in the league right now. Um, I want to break down probably – my top five MVP candidates along with um, just kind of the biggest stories right now in the league. 
Um, it's maybe it's a few pretty decent stories and a few underrated. I might even attack. So we'll see. <clears throat> the number one story I want to address first and foremost is, of course, um, <laughs> the Kevin Durant injury uh, that happened what Sunday. You know, as a I watched that live as a Nets fan. I watched that and uh, I was sitting there and I was just like, man, you know, eventually, how many minutes Katie's playing? Uh, along with what he did when Kyrie was out, what he, along what he did with just playing defense now. And, you know, he's, he's, he is spreading himself thin on the court, to say the least. Um, and in my opinion, his top three MVPs, uh, I knew eventually he's going to get hurt. You know, I was like, it's time will tell. And I was literally thinking about last year, 2022, um, January, how the Nets were like around this record and then they end up, ended up losing – I think like 10 straight, you know, and James Harden was there, Kyrie was there, you know, it was, it was, it was getting hard to, to, you know, look at that team without KD. So this season, you know, having wings on the court will make a huge difference off the bat. Like let's not even address Jacques Vaughn just yet. Let's just focus on who's going out and who's coming in. So with KD going out, you lose 30 points per game. Okay. You have wings now that can both defend and produce on the offensive side of the ball with Yuta Watanabe. I think that's the most important net as far as additions this season. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that. I would say most important net um, when it comes to the length and when it comes to the shooting ability. I mean, he's probably our best uh, overall wing uh, outside of KD um, as far as two ways. You know, like you can argue Royce, of course, that's who, who you want to bring up. And Royce is the definition of a wing but uh one thing Royce doesn't have is that ability to not necessarily foul when it comes to uh switches and a lot of teams will try to bring our fours or our threes uh and try to you know post them up you know Marcus Morris's Kawhi Leonard's um you know Tobias Harris's those kind of like taller threes and fours are going to try to post up our fours because in our threes because we're just so small sometimes but um, when you have Yuta, you know, they can they can try to post him up, but it's going to be a tougher shot. He's about 6'8", I'd say. Uh, really nice wingspan. So, um, you know, you have Yuta, you have Royce O'Neal, uh, which and that's my favorite pickup for really any team in the league this year outside of Malcolm Brogdon, I'd say probably for the Celtics. Um, man, like Royce O'Neal, I cannot speak about how important he is and how much energy he brings and how much of a more, how, how much more of a dog I feel like we have, uh, you know, is a identity for the team. Everybody's always talking about how the nets are a little soft on the edges, but Royce brings just enough. He makes it crispy. <laughs> if that makes sense, he makes it crispy. So Royce definitely is an important piece. Uh, really important when it comes to the playoff run this off season or this season coming up. Um, TJ Warren still getting back into himself. There are times where he's either really sharp or he's really dull. Like there's no like middle point yet where he's defending well consistently and also taking pretty good shots. Like he has done that for a game or two, but I haven't seen him be able to play consistently, which you can't expect him to do that quite yet. I mean, he just came back from what a two and a year and a half, two year uh, foot slump, basically where if you hurt your, any athlete knows you hurt your leg, you hurt your foot. You have to, basically rebuild everything going up towards your brain, you know, your arms, your legs, your 
the cardio, like everything slows down because you're not running, you're not getting the, you're not burning as many carbs as you'd like to. So um, that's definitely something that we need to focus on with TJ, which I don't think he will come back fully until hopefully the Nets guarantee him uh, or, or, you know, offer him another contract and uh, next season comes. Of course we have Ben. Ben Simmons is the most interesting, I'd say, perimeter player that we have. The perimeter defender, I'd say, because really I'm focused on defense. We're going to score in different ways. We're going to cut. We're going to draw these different things. We're going to go in the paint. We're going to have Kyrie iso a lot. But um, Ben is the only guy on the team that I would I would feel 100% comfortable guarding one through five. Of course you got KD. Of course you got Clax. You even got Royce. But Ben is the important factor. So um, I'm just breaking down each person on the Nets and how I feel like they can affect uh, – or the difference from last season, you know, last season was very last season's wings to put into perspective last season. At one point, the Nets, maybe like a few weeks from this, from like this date last year, the Nets were starting Kyrie Irving, David Duke, Jr., James Harden, Daron Sharp. And I think it was Kessler. Yeah. So that was our lineup. And then when it got a little quote unquote better, you started start, you, you began starting Patty Mills at the one Kyrie was out for a little bit. James at the two, you know, at the three, you know, it just gets really bad. So the Nets have a lot to focus on um, as far as getting out there with no excuses, like Jacques Vaughn says. No excuses. Just playing hard. Hard nose defense. Offense going to come. Let's keep them in the low scoring halves, quarters, sequences, plays, all that. So that's what you got to focus on if you're the Nets. Um, the additions you have and applying those. Clax speaks for itself. Clax is going to be Clax. He's, what, 2.6 blocks per game. You can take it how you want it. Leads the league in uh, blocks or leads the league in uh, – or second in the league in blocks. He's right there exactly with Brook Lopez. Um, and then you got him leading the league in field goal percentage, which isn't really anything I would, you know, freak out about. Like, hey, but, you know, that's cool too. Yuta Watanabe leads the league in field goal percentage from three in a corner. Uh, so he's got a pretty uh, – Nice clip going, which I think, you know, lefties can do that. Um, okay, uh, as far as the Nets, I'm going to leave that alone. Um, if you follow my Snapchat or if you want to get added to my Snapchat, that's definitely how I attack more of the Nets, if you want to hear about that. Um, but uh, as far as my top five MVPs go, um, of course, it changes, you know, as far as levels throughout who's playing better, who's playing worse, injuries, things like that. Right now, today, if, if, if tomorrow was the last day or to vote was tomorrow, I would say the MVP of the league is Luka Doncic. That's going to be who I think has been the most important player. And what the deciding factor for that for me is Luka Doncic essentially, I think they're like 23 and 14 when he plays Dallas. And then they're like terrible when he does it. So just along with that, you have to almost give him the MVP. Um that's my number one guy. Uh, number two, it might sound a little tricky um, because of just how I look at the game. If you were to ask me gun to my head, who's number two, I would say it's Jokic. Uh, Jokic is essentially, if you look at the Denver team, even when they were like at the beginning of the year, they didn't have Michael Porter Jr. Uh, they had just lost their backup point guard, Monte Morris, um, who was a really important piece for them. Jamal Murray was just coming back uh, and a few other things were coming into play, you know, 
adding KCP, Aaron Gordon was there, but, you know, also giving him that more of a, because Aaron Gordon's more of a center. He actually plays the center dunker spot for for Denver, if you watch. And then Jokic plays more of the four. He can get out and do a lot more, guard a lot less. So, um, yeah, Jokic is number two. He made those guys better from the first day. And Denver hasn't been bad the whole season. They've had bad stretches where, you know, they're not, they're not good defenders. We know that. But that doesn't matter when it comes to Jokic. I mean, he's uh, definitely not a defender you want to have on your team in the playoffs. But, you know, hopefully this season they can make a leap. Western Conference Finals at least again. Um, you can't just go one time. You know, everybody says that. So, yeah, uh, Jokic at two. And then number three. Uh, I want to go with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is, you know, easily, in my opinion, the best scorer as far as just putting the ball in the hoop at any level of the court, whether it's from deep three, three-point line, mid-range, field goals. I mean, sorry, free throws. Uh, it's all there. So Kevin Durant is is playing out of those three I just named. He's playing the most defense and just as, just as good as – you know, the offense goes. I just think that, you know, Jokic has a little more help, so they have a little more – they look a little better, you know. And um, I wouldn't say more – he has different help that matches up better with most of the league. And then, you know, Luka is Luka. But Kevin Durant has been a rim protector. He's been a a damn good isolation defender. Um, and – I mean, that's what the Nets defense is. It's switching. So he gets a lot of chances to guard these really good players, the Darius Garlands, the Zach Levines, um, you know, these guys off of these switches where they'll try to they'll try to create these switches where I'm like, you're you're dumb. You had Joe Harris on you. Now you have a switch. Now KD's guarding you. And then you get another switch and then Class is guarding you. And then you get another switch and then Ben Simmons is guarding you. So, you know, it's just a lot of waves of seven foot length thrown at you that can muck up the defense. Um, so Kevin Durant, he's playing both sides of the ball. He's playing his best year he's ever had, uh, you know, an NBA after an Achilles, you know, after all of that, after the Kyrie stuff, I want to bring up, you know, the Kyrie thing is also a factor. I don't even, I don't even talk about that, but yeah. So it's important that those three guys get their shine um, along with F4. I know I, I said I have top three, but uh, four, I mean, probably Joel, uh, Giannis, those two. Joel, Giannis, Jason, like that's like the like the number four spot. Those three, it just switches out every day, basically. Every time they have a game, you just like, oh, you know, let's go with this guy. And they switch out. And then number five, I'm going to solidify uh, and put Donovan Mitchell at five. Just because what he's been doing um, with Darius Garland out for that little bit. And, of course, the 70 points, like, you know, if we're going to stay relevant and consistent with this, then, yeah, like he's been hooping. So uh, that's important to me. Guys that are actually hooping at the moment and not just getting that, you know, week where they hoop and then they, they're not good for a week and a half, you know, blah, blah, blah. Honorable mention for MVP is definitely going to be LeBron. Like, you know, you got to give LeBron his flowers. Um, playing for the Lakers is already hard enough, but, you know, having to play the way he plays every night, sit, come back, play just aging like the finest wine, man. It's insane. So um, I don't think LeBron's slowing down anytime soon in the next maybe three years, but that's just me. I hope because LeBron, he needs to for sure get a couple of seasons. That's what farewell, farewell tours for him. So um, those are my maybe five MVPs with, of course, the uh, honorable mention. 
And then let's bring up another story. Um, right now, the NBA, it's a lot of talks about, um, how do you put it? Not necessarily guys to trade, but guys that are just on radars that need to go. Um, I have a few places that I think guys in general need to go. Uh, and the number one name I've heard the most myself personally on social media or talk shows or whatever is OG Ananobi. I think OG Ananobi is going to be one of those guys that you can play him anywhere, but you want to be smart in what you trade for him. Because if you're Toronto, you want some pieces back. You don't just want to let go of a guy that can be your third best player, you know, on a championship team. We've seen, you know, when I'd say fourth, when uh, they won in 20, what, 19, that was what? Kawhi, best player, Kyle Lowry, second best player, third best Pascal, you know? So Pascal really was the second best when he was, and then Kyle Lowry third, but right behind Kyle Lowry's OG Ananobi. So you got to look for a trade that's going to benefit both teams for that. Minnesota, Phoenix, um, the Clippers as well, too, because it might sound redundant with the Clippers and how they have all these wings, but what the Clippers have is almost too many. They have to trim the fat. Addition by subtraction, I call it. So think about it. OG Ananobi, and con contract-wise, I don't know if this will work. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm throwing it out there. And OG Ananobi, Robert Covington. Um, mm, you keep Luke Kennard if you're in Clippers. Norman Palace, I mean, you could send him back, you know. To, the, to, to Toronto, you know, those two were traded in from Portland to the Clippers. So it's like, you know, those two, you, can, you might be able to throw in a big man, Zubak, you can get OG and you can draft a big this summer. You know, Zubak's really good, but he has a ceiling that he has to play on. Zubak has to play on a team of consistent stars. If he's not playing on that team, he's undervalued. And I think he should be he should be a little more a, a higher valued player like a JaVale McGee was at the time, you know, playing with really good players. So that's my thoughts on OG. Um, you know, of course, there's teams that could also get him randomly, too. Miami's a good team. They could get something up for him, too. Um, but, yeah. So OG and Anobi. Um, another trade destination or trade player, I should say, is John Collins, man. John Collins is really – is really interesting too because John Collins I think is a five-year, one-twenty-five uh, player. So if you're if you sign for that much, that's what made me not want to get him to the Nets. I mean, what are you trying? What are you going to let go for that? You know, John Collins is a, in my opinion, a lackluster defender. He's not a shooter. If if they space out, I mean, how much how much better is he really than Ben Simmons? If when you space things out, you know, you already have been. You don't get John Collins, so. I think you send John Collins somewhere um, that he can affect the game instantly. Like he has to just slide in. Uh, the Knicks could trade for him. Um, you kind of want John Collins to be a, a Aaron Gordon, but he doesn't play defense. So it's hard to even say certain teams because some teams just require defense. You know, you could send Miles Turner to the Hawks for – John Collins and, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich, you know, 
I'm done. I think I think I forgot his name, but I think that's his first name. Yeah. So you can do that too. Uh, but it's it's just all about what you want to do as a as an organization. It's very interesting. I never thought he'd be somebody that you focus on for a trade ever. I mean, he's just not he's not really he's hard to really put your finger around because he doesn't do anything really good. He's a lot to ready to shoot, but I mean, there's a lot more too that he does not do. Uh, and then Kyle Kuzma was my third guy. I wanted Kyle Kuzma for the Nets if there was to be a trade done because of his contracts. Kyle Kuzma's contract is, is for what he does, is very crazy. Let me look this up really fast. Um, Kyle Kuzma's getting paid 30, he made a 40, $40 million uh, deal for what? Four years, something like that? Three year, 40 mil. So basically, you're paying a guy who, like I said with OG Ananobi, was the next year Kyle Kuzma was the third best player, you know, in LA on a championship team. He played better than everybody in that finals almost outside of Jimmy Butler, LeBron, and AD. So, you know, you put you put Bam up there, sure, but Kyle Kuzma's skill set along with his size is impressive. It's it's you can't get any more impressive than what he can do. He can shoot the three ball. He's an excellent rebounder. No one wants to discuss Kyle Kuzma's rebounding because I feel like when you discuss that, and it, it almost makes him overvalued to people. But Kyle Kuzma can rebound um, about six to seven consistent boards a game, which is what John Collins they say can do as well. But they're different kind of rebounds, and Kuz is much more active. So. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about where Kuz can go. Kyle Kuzma's first destination, in my opinion, should be the Nets, man. I think Kyle Kuzma for Joe Harris and, you know, maybe um, Joe Harris and a pick, you know, um, for Kyle Kuzma and Daniel Gafford. I would love Daniel Gafford. Um, You know, I think Daniel Gafford is really important for any team – He's like a Robert Williams, but smaller and doesn't get as many blocks per contest, I'd say, or as many rebounds. But he's, he's up there as far as effort goes. So those two, you take Joe, a pick, ship it off to, to Washington, they get a shooter. Um, so Kyle Kuzma could go there. He can go to Phoenix. He can go to the Lakers again if they ever want to, you know, figure out how to get things going in L.A. And you can also trade uh, draft compensation for Kuz. You know, if you're one of these younger teams – if you're if you're Houston, if you're uh, Portland, even you know these guys that have room to make picks in the draft, you get Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma's not going to be anybody that you just kind of scoff at and keep moving. He has to get better, keep keep improving on defense. But yeah, Kuzma's for sure a piece. Let me get some water real quick. So um, yeah, Kuzma's. Definitely um, somebody that you want to get if you're even in the hunt. I mean, Boston. Boston can look at Kuz, you know, and you got that exception with Danilo Gallinari. You know, make some things happen. You got some pieces to move. And the last story, I got about seven minutes left, six minutes left, is uh, the Lakers and what's going on with LeBron and what should happen with LeBron and what's going on there. Uh, In case you all haven't known, LeBron is averaging like – it's like 35, like nine and nine with 80 out. And uh, 
the Lakers are like, I think, 500 exactly with AD being gone, which no one assumed they'd be. So that's he's my like little mini couple of week MVP because he's played his, his brain out um, every time AD's been out. So um, what you do with that, if I'm if I'm the basketball god, if I'm, you know, whoever's over all this stuff, man, um, I'm, I'm looking at it like this. LeBron James is not promised and LeBron James is taken for granted right now. If I'm the Lakers, um, I'm getting, I'm, 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 I'm making some things happen. So you keep Winnie Gabriel, you keep Austin Reeves, you keep Lonnie Walker, you keep Thomas Bryant. Um, if you were to make a trade, you take those firsts and you might have to include Russ and you look at, you know, a possible, I know it might sound insane, but you look at a long, long run thing with maybe Duncan Robinson. Uh, I know his contract is heavy, but when it comes to the picks along with Russ, that could work. We're trying to think about teams that also would do something in return. You know, how does this help them as well? I know these trades might not sound appetizing. Like a lot of these don't, but this is the position you get into when you're the Lakers. Um, you trade really two of those picks, man. And you might have to go get Miles Turner, man. He's right now, the way he's playing, um, I know how people feel about Miles Turner, but Miles Turner is, is right now, what, third and he's third in blocks with 2.3 a game. Um, I heard this from somewhere on YouTube, uh, one of my favorite uh, YouTubers or broadcasters or whatever you want to call it. He made that remark about how Miles Turner's resume, along with with the narrative this season, along with just people, everybody poking at him about the trades. On top of that, how he plays with four guys on the court that are all playmakers. He does not play with any bigs. So there's consistent. I know it kind of seems like he gobbles up all the rebounds and gobbles up all the blocks, but when you're you have to be an ultra hyper athletic big man to be playing with four playmakers and consistently be the guy that can switch when you have to and shoot from three. So Miles um, Turner is going to have to be that trade you make. You don't have to necessarily do it this year. You can sign him, but for the Lakers, that sounds about impossible. So unless you give those picks up before the season, uh, LeBron's, he does not want, care about those 2027, 2029, or whatever it is, picks. He doesn't, those don't bother him when he sleeps at night. So, um, yeah, you make that trade. Um, and then, of course, you dive into the market where there are mid-level guys, too. Sterling Brown coming onto your team, I get it. You know, you have another injury with Austin Reeves and those guys, so you have to play people. Uh, but, you know, it's I'd have to pull up a lot of names in a separate video and break down who the Lakers should go for. Um, you know, it's a lot of guys out there you could trade for, in a sense. So um, what I want to do here is kind of wrap it up. I expect to get these videos out um, kind of just when I feel like it, a little more consistently. I think it's going to be a lot more happening in the league coming up. So if you need anything uh, as far as topics to talk about or if you want to even, we could do a little uh, segment next time where I get some questions and I can, you know, talk about the questions that I'm asked and kind of go from there. But a good game to look out for is Nets uh, Boston, even with KD out, should be a good game. Um, I need everybody to kind of watch that. If you want to see some good basketball, even with KD out, man, you know, we're going to see how it goes. But if not, you know, you ain't missing out on nothing for real. I was just trying to talk it up. <laughs> but until next time, love, peace. Talk to y'all next time.